Everybody, welcome into another episode of the Unsponsored Podcast. Lil Jade and Zachariah and I are back with you uh, on the second episode of our reboot. And Zach, uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. I was told that this Sunday morning, your family was supposed to go boating at Folsom Lake, beautiful Folsom Lake. And I, there was an outside chance that I was going to join you. What happened to that? What happened? Um, so what had happened was yesterday, um, I was gone. I was, uh, you know, doing things elsewhere. My parents were home. Um, I got home a little late last night from uh, activities elsewhere. Um, I come home, no one's there. No one's home, just the dogs. Where could they be? I already knew with the, without even looking at the location. Um, they were somewhere at a casino. <laughs> and uh, I was informed this morning when I woke up that they came home at a, uh, about 6.30 in the morning. Oh my God man they're about that life so uh yeah so that's probably the the main reason why we're we're not enjoying the great uh body of water that is Folsom Lake that you know nothing else can compare to here yeah yeah so. natural natural lake by the way not man-made yep. um we, we all know that that's that that that's the case with Folsom Lake um yeah what a shame man it would have been nice I hear the I hear the water levels are like 80 percent which is that's <laughs> a huge accomplishment uh for what we're going through with this whole drought. So, well, that's a shame. Um, well, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you, you got some sleep though, after coming home late, uh, you were a little tardy to, to, uh, to our, to our interview, uh, that we, that we conducted with, uh, with a good friend of ours, King's film room. Um, he's been tearing it up on Twitter, just posting all the X's and O's breakdowns that, you know, any and all X's and O's stuff, regarding the Kings that you could think of that man's been, that man's been, he's been putting up Jordan numbers. We're talking like, you know, game six, game six, flu game. Yep. Double Jordan nickel. numbers. Yeah. That, that, that man has been putting up crazy numbers on Kings Twitter. It's, it's crazy because uh, he, he joined Twitter. Uh, I saw his page when he was at under hundred followers. And since February, when he started up that page, just after the Tyrese Halliburton trade, uh, which we talk about in our interview, that page has just exploded. Like it's just absolutely taken off. Um, and he's done, he's done lots of interviews and he's been posted on, you know, on a lot of like, you know, prominent journalism sites and whatnot, uh, you know, in regards to his work, you know, and, and also on YouTube as well. He started up a YouTube channel, um, which we also talk about. So yeah, uh, this was definitely at the top of my list when it came to people that we should have uh, that we should be interviewing when when we rebooted the podcast and so it's pretty cool to get them on this quickly uh so we'll just get into it man here's our interview with skylar scheidt aka king's film room all right joining us from the great city of fresno some would call fresno the spirit of america um so it, it's it's an honor to have somebody from the great city of fresno on this podcast for the first time ever uh skylar scheidt aka king's film room this is the collab I think that not many people knew that they needed 
but they won't actually, you know what? Actually, no, let me, let me, let me reverse that. It's the, it's the cloud that not many people knew that they wanted, but they actually didn't need. And it's, it's been a long time coming uh, ever since he first popped up on King's Twitter, but KFR is in the building. Skylar, how you doing, man? What an introduction. <laughs> I mean, you're already from the great city of Sacramento and now we got really the two best cities in America combined. So yeah. Only great things can be possibly in the works here. <laughs> exactly. I'm doing and, good though. Yeah, good to hear, man. And and you know what? Uh, you're nearby to the to the to the other top three city in the world, which was which would be Visalia. Well, it's either Visalia or like Exeter. You know, like one of those two cities. Exeter's, yeah, yeah Exeter. I mean, and there if you go further south, you got Bakersfield. Okay. And then obviously in between those <laughs> Stockton. I mean. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Big shout out to Stockton. Yeah. Um, I got my oil oil change there before. Oh, great place. Wait, well, why did you go to Stockton for an oil change? Because I was going to Sacramento, and then I realized I needed oil. <laughs> so I had to stop at Jiffy Lube. Okay. Well, yeah. and, and how you was that? Just usual. And, and how, was, how was the experience in Stockton with, with getting the oil change? No, it was great. I only had to stop by uh, three homeless people on the way to Jiffy Lube. <laughs> and, you know, as me, someone doesn't carry cash, I had to let them down, unfortunately. But Yeah. Yeah, no. That, but besides that's... that, great city. I mean, I yeah. stopped at McDonald's, I'm sure. Okay. Well, same thing with me. I think just millennials and Gen Z in general, we just don't carry cash. And, yeah. and so like, I, I, I do genuinely feel bad because I, I try my best to like, whenever I see somebody in need like that, like I will, I will try to help them out. But, but yeah, we just don't carry cash. Like that's just not our generation at all. Like my generation. Yeah, I, I, and even your I generation. have, I have like probably 27 cents in my wallet. <laughs> yeah. I, I will never have more than $20 in my wallet at a time. Um, and, and most of the time that's, it's 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 nothing that's in my wallet at all so if you if you ever see me walking around sacramento and you're thinking about pickpocketing me or whatever um you know good good luck you're not going to be able to spend a lot of that money right away um but uh yeah man it's it's a pleasure to have you on uh this some would say this is a long time coming however zach my cousin who um is nowhere to be found right now uh zach and i used to do this podcast uh we took about a year off so it's, we, we didn't know that we we're going to restart it, but, uh, I kind of figured, you know, like as far as people to have on the podcast, you would be, you'd be one of the first people to have on, um, it was a pretty short list of, of, of potential guests and, um, you know, a very, very exclusive list. And you were at the top of that list. So I think you should feel honored here, uh, to, to make an appearance on a five-star rated podcast. Um, I guess, I guess we'll kind of start with, uh, with just your, and I think, you know, you, you've told this story a couple of times before on a, on a couple of other podcasts, but why don't you, why don't you tell us and remind us real quick about uh, your, your Kings fan origin story. So I was unfortunately born into the misery and it, it was very unfortunate. I missed out on at least a slightly competent organization by one year because my dad was a bandwagon fan. He started out as like a Sixers fan because of Dr. J then he was a Bulls fan after that when Jordan got there. He actually didn't become a Bulls fan because of Jordan. It was because of uh, Rod Higgins, who's from Fresno. So Okay, okay. And then Jordan got there, and then he realized that Jordan was probably a little bit better than Rod Higgins. So he just decided <laughs> to rock with the Bulls for now. And then, obviously, he retired in 98 for good. Well, at least for the Bulls for yeah, good. Yeah, for the and Bulls, then, yeah. And then right when 98 happened is when we got C-Web and we got Jason Williams. So the Kings were kind of getting exciting for like the first time in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And so he had no reason to become a, a state Bulls fan. So he just switched to Sacramento since they were like two <laughs> hours away. And then I was born in 99. And so he just happened to be a Kings fan at that time. And so 
by the time that I understood what basketball was, I already had like 15 Kings jerseys in my closet. So it was just like, I had to be a Kings fan. My closet was purple mm-hmm. and I was, it was already in my DNA that I was supposed to hate the Lakers and my brother's a Lakers fan. So it just <laughs> made it 10 times easier. So uh, do you ever, <laughs> do you ever like resent your dad a little bit for, for kind of, for kind of bringing you into this, to this world of misery and darkness? I asked him, I asked him every day, why did you have to be a Kings fan? <laughs> I said, why couldn't you just stay with the Bulls or even the Sixers? Yeah. For, for, for Zach and I being born here, obviously like that's something that we couldn't really control, right? Like that's just, that's just where our parents were. And this is the only show we've got in town is the Kings. So at least for us, it's like, man, why couldn't we have like been, been born somewhere else, right? Um, to have the choice and then to choose the Kings and then, and then to, to bring to bring you into this world and be a Kings fan. And, and I mean, like, look, he technically, when you were, when you first came around, when you first popped up and said, what's up to the world, it was a good time to be a Kings fan. Like you, like you got in at the right time, technically, because yeah, when, when I spawned, were, the Kings were good. Yes. Yes. When you spawned from, from, you know, from the, uh, <laughs> from the server, like from the yeah. lobby, it was, it was a good time to be a Kings fan, but um, yeah, it was very, very deceiving. I, I was, um, I don't want to give my age away or anything like that, but uh, I was very young. I was, I was, you know, like just starting elementary school essentially um, when the Kings were starting very good. So like the, like I associate the Kings being very good with my, basically my entire like adolescence, like just growing up, like from early, early elementary school, all the way through the end of middle school, they were good. Right. And I associate that with my childhood. And I thought it was going to be like, I thought it was going to be like that forever, but I think, I think I kind of recognized earlier than most of my friends when they started trading away all the stars, right? C-Web and Vladdy didn't resign. And then they traded away Doug Christie. I was like, uh, yeah, I don't think things are going to be the same. And the decline was rapid and <laughs> we, we have not recovered since. So yeah, that, 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 that is a shame. That is a shame that uh, uh, your dad wasn't living in Sacramento and, and chose to be a Sacramento Kings fan. And now yeah, here there, we there's are. no Kings fans in Fresno, by the way. Even though two hours away and technically the closest team, there mm-hmm. is none here. I probably met like three total. So it's, it's all it's all it's all Lakers. And it's Warriors. all Lakers fans. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the Warriors. And then sense. Warriors in like 2015. Yeah. The bandwagons to <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah. all spawned out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that's not shocking. That same thing happened here. Although since there are so many Kings fans here, it's 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 at least like a lot of people call out Warriors fans on their on on their shit sometimes. But um, I imagine that's not the case in Fresno. No, it's just. <laughs> I mean, you can't like say that they're not true Warriors fans because, I mean, they probably didn't have a team before that, to be honest. Yeah. And then all, all of a sudden, they just this random dude, Steph Curry, just starts shooting threes, and all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. they love basketball. <laughs> right. Out of nowhere. People right. that I people that never even I didn't even know watch basketball. All of a sudden, they're showing up in Steph Curry jerseys at school. Yeah. So I I was just confused. I mean, it's, to me, it sort of makes sense because when the Kings got very good, they played, and I'm sure you've gone back and you've watched all these old clips of, of, of that great era under Rick Adelman. They played a very aesthetically pleasing brand of basketball. Um, the Kings, like back then, used to lead, they used to lead the league in pace at like, I don't know, like 95. This, the league was not very fast back then. <laughs> um, but they played like a very fun, aesthetically pleasing brand of basketball. And the Warriors kind of do the same, you know, and, and of course the, just the, the, the shot jacking, like with, with the three pointers and stuff like that, like, that's just, that's the NBA nowadays. So like, I kind of get it. I kind of get why, why fans would latch onto that and find it entertaining. So I, like, it makes sense, but obviously Kings fans up here feel a certain way. I mean, they, 
you will find more Warriors gear at like major retail stores here in Sacramento than you will Kings gear. That's it's, atrocious. Yeah, no, it's 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 unreal and it's and it's 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 quite sad. But um, you know, that's what happens when you have all these years of incompetence. Um so the next thing I wanted to ask you was you popped up on Twitter in February, mid-February, around the time of the Tyrese trade, I I I think, right? Like like just after yeah, it. I it think. was I think we played one game maybe with uh-huh. Demonis. Uh-huh. And then that honestly is kind of like what made me want to start it is just because the team actually like appeared to be fun. <laughs> and it just I thought that maybe like this could be something that helps at least maybe possibly slightly turn the franchise mm-hmm. a little bit around. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so they played one game. They scored like 130 points and they actually passed the ball. There was ball movement. Players were cutting. And so I was like, you know what? Kings film room. There is no Kings film room. There's like Lakers film room. There's yep. a couple other like Thunder and yeah. Bucks, I think. But um, there's not very many in general. There's a there's Knicks film room. I I've heard yeah. of Knicks film room. I've you know like and like Knicks tape. I've heard of yeah, lots of other teams have, you know, enter insert team name here, film room. And 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 honestly, I'm I'm very, very glad that you popped up, which which we'll get to. But yeah, I I was at that game. So I was actually at both those games because remember now, the day that Tyrese was traded, uh, the Kings played the first half of a home back-to-back with the Timberwolves, which was like a yeah. weird thing, which seemed like it was born of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I was there that first night with some friends. It was something that we'd planned uh, way before. And, they, and they, many of them weren't like hardcore Kings fans, but when I was there at that game, that first game, I swear I was at a funeral. It was it was like somebody died. the The mood in that place was just it, it was the weirdest thing ever. Um, crowd was you know barely even there, but the people who were there just like were not into it at all, and they were they they were we were all just so shocked. The next night though, uh, I decided I'll go I'll go see I'll go see Demontis and 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 if you know and and I I don't think he was announced that. I don't think it was announced that he was playing until like, I don't know, like 45 minutes before the game or something like that. Yeah. But, and he was like one of the only guys that got traded on trade deadline day that played that early. Yeah. Like it was like the day after he got traded or something, which is kind of crazy because he's an all-star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and um, the night before I remember seeing pictures pop up on Twitter of like people running into him and, and the other two guys that were traded with him, like just around Doko, like, I guess they like walked it, like they were walking up during the game <laughs> like that night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I knew that he was in town, but they didn't announce that he was playing until until about an hour before tip off. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go now. And then I got lucky, and I and I got uh, a, a good friend of mine um, was able to give me even better tickets. So I got tickets like sort of kind of behind the king's bench. Um, so I got a really good view of the offense in the first half, and I'm like, dude, this is there's there's something here because these guys have not practiced together at all, barely, you know, like, but, but things look good. The, the, the fact that he's, he's moving the ball around and, and, and getting, you know, wide open opportunities for his teammates. Like, I think, I think this could be something. Um, of course it wasn't all that because the team wasn't all that great after the trade down, tra- uh, the trade deadline still, but you know, it, it, it looked significantly better than what the what was there prior to the trade deadline um, for a multitude of reasons other than Sabonis, but mainly because the Kings acquired Sabonis. So I guess my next question would be um, when you started up Kings film room on Twitter, uh, what was, what was the goal really? 
other than to infiltrate King's Twitter um, as this as this unknown entity and 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 just start posting clips about the team. Like, what what really was the goal for you to to just say, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a film room account on the Kings of all teams, um, and 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 kind of just pop up on on Twitter like kind of out of nowhere. I didn't have a real goal. I just wanted it to grow to be something to where I felt like fans would really engage with, and I wanted to give like people the kind of content that I feel like was kind of missing with the Kings. Mm-hmm. Cause there was like that kind of uh, film room stuff for other teams, but the Kings really had nothing. And I didn't even know like you were a person posting breakdowns or anything at the time. So I just figured they had nobody at all. Mm-hmm. And so I figured that I could be the first one, which turns out I wasn't, but because I had the name Kings film room, it kind of helped. Mm-hmm. It just helped the branding part. Like if you probably branded yourself as like something Kings related with film room, you probably would have grown uh, people would have taken you a lot more seriously yeah yeah just posting memes and yeah (laughs) yeah uh yeah we've had this conversation it's it is kind of funny i i still remember i still remember the first play that i broke down was the chemezi met two game winner against the maps that was the only game i went to this year oh you were at that game yeah that's so crazy um (laughs) yeah so i wasn't at that game but i remember watching that play and i was like well, I remember, I remember the first attempt at it before the ball got tipped out of bounds. Uh, and then Alvin decided yeah. to switch up the personnel a little bit as to who was going to be penetrating and who was going to be spacing out to the corner. And I was just like, oh, I like that play. And I was like, oh, I've seen that play before. Like I've seen Dwayne Casey run kind of a similar play um, when he was with the Raptors. So I was like, I, I just did that thing where you press and hold a video because I was I didn't know how to obtain my own clips. But just I just pressed and held somebody else's video. And I, and I broke down the play by tweeting out somebody else's video. And that was like the first play that i broke down um and a lot of people were just like hey man good stuff and whenever i tried to do anything else like non-kings related that that was in that mold like as far as like play breakdowns like, nobody took me seriously because and, and you and i've talked about this like i just i just shit post <laughs> it's just me joking around on there at, at basically at all times i'm messing around essentially so I, and, and honestly like it's it's I can't even sit here and be like, oh yeah, I was the first guy to do it because that wasn't even the main function of my account. I don't even know what the main function of my account is, but if there was one, it would just be just me messing around. So like there was absolutely, there was no way there, there's, I think some people were, I think some people, when they saw you pop up, hit, like they hit me up and they were just like, yo man, this guy's still in your swag. I was like, how? Like, yeah, like it, he actually is able to obtain clips and is actually breaking things down properly. Like I, I, I'm just, I'm just out here just tweeting out junk. So there was never, there was never like any like animosity, and there was never anything that made me go, man, this guy, this guy, <laughs> he's stepping on my toes. That's why when I went to your page for the first time, I was like, oh no, this is good stuff. And I remember messaging you, and I was just like, please keep doing this, please, because it can't just, it can't just be me. Nobody takes me seriously. So somebody else that's legit and certified has to keep on doing this. And and I, I remember like, you know, not 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 long after that, your 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 page just. Phew, blew up and i'm and i'm glad yeah, that you that said happened. give me to 100 followers and i got 200 followers basically instantly <laughs> like the first day that i created the account i already like had a following yeah yeah i so i showed two things uh one kings fans are very passionate about their team and two we're so bored we were so bored at the time when you popped up so so you popping up at that time in particular was uh was was actually very very ideal let's pause for a second here though because uh somebody finally decided to wake up and decided to to hop in so let me let in our good friend zach and 
we'll say hello to Zach. This is, this is never, I don't think this has ever happened by the way on this podcast. I, I, I don't think I've ever let somebody in like midway through a podcast, but here he is. Here he is. It's Zach. Um, Zach, we're, uh, I don't know. I think like 10, 15 minutes into this conversation. Uh, did you want to go ahead and explain to us uh, what happened this morning uh, or this afternoon, actually, that, uh, that, that kept you from, from showing up on time? Uh, yeah, so I was actually, uh, I just got back um, from saving about 13 orphans from a burning uh, treehouse uh, over at the monastery on uh, Eastern Avenue. Okay. Um, you, you know which one it is. It's uh, it's pretty close to the uh, the laundromat over by that Taco Bell. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And- Skyler, you know which one it is, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. you've been there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they were just playing, and then, you know, um, someone, someone, I don't know, it's just like the heat nowadays in Sacramento. It's starting to get too hot, so mm-hmm. just, um, something combusted. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just felt it. I was actually, uh, before that, I was actually... Um, at a, a charity event okay donating money like a lot of money um yeah like a lot of like at least like 10 bucks but it was a lot of money okay yeah uh, basically then, everything in your savings right yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that's what i was pretty, pretty casual yeah. sunday morning yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it kind of seems like this is just what you yeah. do um well welcome and thanks for thanks for thank you for your service um uh zach this is skylar skylar this is zach um we didn't get a chance to introduce you to before to, to, to introduce you to beforehand. So we're just going to do it on air. Um, but uh, yeah, Zach, just to, just to cue you in real quick. Uh, we were basically just talking about uh, Kings film rooms, uh, villain origin story. And when I say villain origin story, I mean, it's Kings fan origin story. Um, you and I obviously have very unique uh, vil- villain origin stories as well, uh, which I'm sure we'll say for another time that we'll discuss, but, uh, but yeah, we just heard Skylar's and uh we were talking about his account on Twitter right now uh, at SAC Film Room, aka Kings Film Room. So, so I was made aware of, okay, actually, I wasn't made aware of this. I actually just found out by chance that you, Skylar, had a previous YouTube channel that had quite the following and had some videos on there that, that you know, had, had pretty solid numbers. Why would you? step away from that and kind of abandon that to make a brand new channel, not even rebrand that channel, make a brand new channel and go all Kings and go Kings exclusive content. Um, because it, again, it seemed like you had a very, very solid following on there, but also as a guy who just likes basketball, I, I actually would prefer watching more of the league and being able to absorb more of the stuff that happens around the league other than just the Kings because the Kings are bad. So having a channel that was doing that well, and then deciding to pivot and then do an all Kings channel. Um, what was the thinking behind that? So there's a couple of reasons. One is just because I wanted to focus on the Kings. It's so hard to follow around the league. Like there's so many things to keep up with. And it's like, if I want to watch like a certain player, I have to watch so much to kind of get a feel for him because the only team that I really watch like every game is the Kings. And even though I watch like casually basketball, I'm not like studying other teams like that, like super in depth. And the other reason is just because it's so saturated, like that kind of stuff. There's so many different YouTubers now that that's the exact kind of content content that they want to create. And so it was just hard. Like, I know that I had a decent following, but a lot of that actually came from before because I used to do highlights, like probably back in like 2015 and 2016 when I was in high school. So I would post like player highlights for seasons, just 
probably like every year for like three years and I grew like 10,000 or 11,000 subscribers just based off of that. And then once I transitioned, it was like, I lost probably like a hundred subscribers when I was just making whatever content on uh, whatever is happening in the NBA. And then eventually I started to grow after that. But then after about a year or so doing that, I kind of grew old of it. I just wanted to focus on the Kings. Wow. So you're doing most of that during high school, like in the middle of high school. Yeah. It was a lot. Cause I was like, not only in high school, I got basketball and mm-hmm. that like takes up so much time. Cause that's a really year round sport. Cause you have, I, the only sport I played was basketball, but my dad coached football. So I was there pretty much all day because half the time I'd work out with the football team, mm-hmm. even when they would have workouts. So it was just, I hardly had any time. And the time that I would use would be to create highlights f- for players. Very, very cool. Yeah. I, I mean, no, that actually is very cool because with my free time, when I was like 15 or 16, I did nothing. Zach, when you were, <laughs> when you were, when you were 15 or 16 in high school, what were you doing with your free time? Were you cutting up clips and posting them on YouTube and gaining a following or what the heck were you doing if you weren't playing soccer? Uh, well, let's see. I'm 17 now. So I was like <laughs> a year ago. Um, so let me see, what was I doing? Um, on, uh, I was, I was, I was on, I was on twitter.com on my iPad in the back of the room, not paying attention to class. That's what mm. I was doing uh, when I, when I wasn't playing soccer, uh, when I wasn't carrying my team to the division one title of uh, CIF section. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was doing. Uh, yeah. You know, Brandon. Yeah. I forgot yeah. to mention too. I was also juggling my job at Arby's. Oh, you know, oh you know, dude, I, you also, was, dude, you also worked at Arby's? No way. I just got promoted yesterday. I, I'm now the assistant manager. What? Whoa. Yeah. Hold on now. When worlds collide. Well, hold on. Oh, well, no, you've been there for longer than. Yeah, yeah that, 11, that, 11 years. Yeah, yeah. See, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I've, I've been there for about nine. Uh, and I've kind of get I've, there one day. Don't I've worry. kind of, I've kind of hit my ceiling at, at my current store that I'm at because they won't move me above a shift lead. <laughs> I, I can't even say this without laughing. I, I can't, I can't, I've capped out at shift lead. Um, so God, man, I'm trying to get like you, uh, dude. And you're, and you're only like 22, 22. Dude, that's a success story if I've ever seen one. Um, uh, well that, that is interesting. Um, and, and what's awesome about the Kings film room YouTube page is that it's it's also grown tremendously uh over the short period of time I mean, you've had it up for a couple months now right it's been like a month and a half two months since you made yeah, the i don't even video. know what it's been i don't even check on it really <laughs> <laughs> like i'll post a video and then i just kind of leave it there for a while yeah but i don't really have anything planned and for like another month i'll wait till after the draft before i post anything yeah smart man i it's funny because you and i were talking about uh what videos you might be making next and and you were like yeah man especially around the time when the kings hadn't had a head coach yet and they were still yeah. going through that process you were like yeah man i'm i'm not doing anything till i hire a head coach because if they hire somebody i don't like i might not want to make a video about them so uh fortunately they hired mike brown which yeah, and also if you post anything and i know that you've experienced this like if you even post about <laughs> a prospect or a coach before it's hired they just assume that you hate all the other players or all the other <laughs> uh, coaches and that you're just you're a terrible person basically if you post yeah. anything, if you post a Jaden ivy highlight well why do you hate keegan murray <laughs> yeah exactly that's 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 just twitter logic in general but during draft season it it is the toxicity gets turned up to like a million um our good friend jill adge um who is the host of the sports ethos uh king's podcast she does a lot of coaching breakdowns and knows a lot about these coaches uh, around the league and every time she would post 
just a podcast about a coach in an informative sense, right? Like she's not trying to sway anybody either way. She's just posting things so like fans will know. She gets absolutely bombarded with people in her mentions saying, well, why should they hire this guy over that guy? And, and that, you know, she was, she's been doing that since forever. Like even during the season, she was posting about that stuff. And I was like, oh man, I, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when the off season comes around. And then of course the Kings jump up to the, to the fourth pick. And really it's just been wild because now we're not debating guys in that seven to eight range. We're debating top four and it, it, it gets a little crazy, but, um, but, but, but yeah, no, I, 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 I did. I, I'm glad that I was able to at least give you an idea of what, what, what could happen. Um, if you did post something about somebody who's considered to be a little controversial because I did that, that thread on Mark Jackson, um, just again, to inform people, and uh, I had a lot of arrows shot at me, so uh, I'm, I'm glad. That, I'm glad that I was able to at least show you what what could be uh, if you did do something like that, so that you could avoid it. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's just wild, man. Like I'm, I, I really am glad that you're around on King's Twitter because I would say, other than my old high school basketball coach, who I still keep in touch with, a lot of the other assistant coaches that I coached with, um, that I also still keep in touch with, and then maybe like two or three friends, I can't really talk basketball way beneath the surface level like i do with you like the first time you and i had a long conversation was when i was, was when i sent you that youtube video of uh yeah brazilian basketball concepts <laughs> and 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 that 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 was sent to me by my by my friend who used to work um uh as a team manager at sac state he uh he he just does that he does the same thing that we do just gets caught up in rabbit holes on youtube and he and he sent me that and i remember you and i you and i all of a sudden were just talking and i remember in the middle of the conversation i was just like wow this is I'm for the first time in a long time, I'm talking to a, to a complete at that time, stranger about actions and different plays and different things like that and concepts. And we rattle off all these names of these concepts and these actions. And it's nothing sounds foreign to us, you know, like a lot of times, and I've been told this by some people, they're just like, yeah, I, I, I try to pretend like you're not speaking to me in a completely foreign language. Whenever you say like, Oh, here's a UCLA cut into a, you know, into a back pick, into a lob, into a, you know, yeah. like all the, all that stuff. Like, that's just, you know, like when you've been around the game and you know, when, when you've learned the game, right, Zach. And when you've learned the game, eventually you just, you just know these things. So, um, so yeah, it's nice having you around just because I can talk hoops with somebody on that level, but also like you did some great stuff on Kings Twitter. I honestly can feel the fan base really absorbing the stuff that you post and really taking it um, and, and, and actually like, you know, retaining the information so that the next time they see something pop up, like I've seen other people, like, like now they're pointing stuff out. Like now they know what this action is called and that action is called. Um, and also, it also helps that we have a guy like Mark Jones on the play-by-play because that guy knows this stuff. I, I, yeah. I, you've, inter- you've interacted with him numerous times, right? Like just him replying yeah. to your, to your, to your tweets and stuff. Yeah. I said like, shout out to Mark Jones for recognizing. Cause he, he, I think the original one was he called out a UCLA cut. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I posted the clip and I said, shout out to Mark Jones for recognizing that. And then he just responded saying that, uh, you know, Kings fans, you got a student of the game. And he said, uh, he said, he told me to like, look out for like some action that the Kings run too. So I went out and I found the clip of that and I sent it to him, but yeah, I mean, he, I feel like he's interacted a couple times with me and I think that he has, has he with you or with someone else? Yeah, yeah, he had he has once. Uh, it was yeah. when I posted that American River tweet, um, and oh, yeah. he 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 quote retweeted it, and he was like, 
is this really in Sacramento? How come nobody's told me about this? And then HB replied to him and he was like, come on, man. Well, don't, don't fall for that. But so that's the only interaction I've had with Mark Jones. Um, that is did, an interaction. And technically that, by some sort of uh, correlation, there is Harrison Barnes in there as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Harrison Barnes, he uh, saw the tweet at least Harrison sure. Barnes at least saw the tweet. Um, and then there have been a few other times where I've, where I've shouted Mark Jones. I mean, I shouted him out um, in uh I think it was oh the Eastern Conference Finals. He he called he called a couple of games because Mike Breen was out, um, and uh, and and he he called out a few actions and I was just like uh, yeah this guy knows his stuff so that that he 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 liked a few of those tweets because he saw me mention him but yeah I, I'm 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 so glad that we have a play by play guy who, who who like does his homework and knows his stuff like that like it, it, it's a real asset. Um, first off, back to the American River. <laughs> At some point, you need to show the world the beauty of fresno i mean i think they really need to see some of the great you know locations that we have here the san joaquin river i mean that's probably yeah outside of the american river probably the best one on the planet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um i want to say i've been to fresno once but not for long zach you've been there you've been there a few times haven't you for soccer tournaments and the like uh what are your thoughts on fresno aka the spirit of america yeah um yeah i've been there for soccer you know, a handful of time in my life. Uh, it was, it was crazy. Cause as soon as like you, you go through Fresno and it says like you were now in Fresno and all the cars just start floating <laughs> and like flying. Um, there's like, yeah, you know, there's like self-sufficient, like uh, just food, food stores and stuff like that. Gas prices are just, you know, irrelevant because they're just running on natural air nowadays only in Fresno though. Um, so it was like, it was really eye opening. I'm just like, Whoa, I'm just like, if, there's a city that I would rather live in than Sacramento. It would probably be Fresno. Yeah. I mean, it's just so hard to get away from the city nowadays. So. Yeah. Yeah. The city just sucks you in here in Sacramento is what they say. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We're not pausing that either. Um, yeah. We, we, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll, we'll for sure do that. I mean, I, I, obviously the branding on your page doesn't, it's not a dead giveaway that you're from Fresno. Right. But uh, no, I think no. I and, do. And it never will be. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, but okay, I, I do know people. There's a, there's there's a uh, good buddy of mine on on King's Twitter. His name's Chris, aka uh, Pocket Janitor. Um, you I'm sure you've interacted with him yeah. a, a number of times. Uh, good dude, man. He's originally from Fresno, um, and I know that I have a handful of other people who 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 I follow who are also from Fresno. And and there were a few people who, like, if you go to that American River tweet, there are people replying to that tweet with with fake pictures as well or fake videos as well and then they'll call it like they'll say that it's their home they'll, they'll say no that's not that's not sacramento that's not the american river that's you know that's my hometown and some people from fresno actually did respond and say no this is this is actually fresno here 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 are more pictures and then it's like a beautiful like you know seaside cliff type type uh type oh yeah i know video. that cliff yeah i know that cliff yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I mean there like, every day yeah i mean it's probably like your thinking spot right like where you go and just think about yeah, my Arby's is actually just a block away. <laughs> hey, in all seriousness, are there actually like how many Arby's are there in Fresno? <laughs> I've never been to Arby's in my life. <laughs> I don't even know if we have one to be honest. Arby's, Arby's in Sacramento is already a little suspicious. I think like uh, if you're if you're working at or own an Arby's in Sacramento, I would imagine that it's it, you're doing some form of money laundering um it's 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 quite suspicious so i really uh, don't know anybody who goes there I, yeah. I don't know if we have one here or not i mean hey. we probably do somewhere because i see commercials and i feel like they wouldn't show commercials unless we have one here 
uh well i mean i just i honestly think that regardless of whether or not people have one in their in their city or not i just think that the slogan we have the meats <laughs> needs to be in everybody's household and that's why that's why everybody gets the commercials so have you been have you ate at arby's before oh dude here's the thing when i was a kid there were like tons of arby's there were even more arby's than there are now in sacramento and and me and my family used to go yeah like the curly fries are not bad all right and there's there's literally an arby's down the street from where me and me and drew live yeah 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 or well they well there used well, to be used one to be, sorry, there used, there used to, be. to be one much closer that is now an Aldon Bertos, which is not as good as the Aldon Bertos on Fair Oaks. Again, nope. it, look, if we get too far in that conversation, we, this this whole thing's gonna shift. We're gonna talk about the Aldon Bertos on Fair Oaks, but no, I, I go to Arby's every now and then. Yeah, look, here's the thing: people get, like I think the perception is it's the cool thing to hate on and make fun of, so people hate on and make fun of it. Uh, it's actually not that. And I, w- I would encourage people to, uh, to to at least give it a try, you know, uh, to try one of the more premium sandwiches. Of course, me being an employee there, I get my, my I get my meal comped, so it's free. But, you know, pay a little bit of money, try it out and, and tell us how you like it. Um, and then if you if you have an opinion on Arby's either way, come on the show. We'll talk about it. But um, yeah, Fresno, I would imagine is very beautiful. Central California doesn't get the love that it deserves, honestly. Um, you know, uh, we mentioned uh, Exeter, Visalia. What other cities around there? What other pockets uh, around Fresno are there that 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 you would like to feature in the future, possibly? Oh, so Exeter and Visalia are two great ones. Mm-hmm. So I would say Merced, another great oh, one. Yeah, Merced's dope. <laughs> My uncle is uh, the head coach there for football. Uh, oh, yeah, you, uh, hold on, you see Merced or Merced High School? Merced High School. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, there's like my family's coaches everywhere here. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember you mentioned that. You mentioned yeah. that on John's podcast. Yeah. Yeah, like my uh, my my other uncle, who's the brother, is literally the defensive coordinator at Fresno City. Okay. College. So, but yeah, I mean, there's also uh, Fireball is a great town. It's like probably population of like eight thousand. That's mm-hmm. where my brother went to high school. I went to Kingsburg. There's Selma, uh, Dinuba, Reedley. There's so many great towns that you have to take a look at. You got to come down here one time. I'll give you a tour. Yeah, yeah. I, I once saw a Vice documentary about uh, the opioid crisis um, in Fresno, and I think they were. I think that I think that documentary, that mini documentary, was about people like people who had drug addiction uh, addictions, like trading in their needles for like healthcare or something like that. Um, where can we find that? Like, can we like can we can we like talk to those people and and, and get an insight to to how they're how they're doing? Well, actually, Arby's just uh, <laughs> recently. They implemented a new uh, promotion to where you can uh, trade in a syringe for a free burger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that so, sounds that sounds on brand for Arby's being an employee there. That 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 sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember uh, so back in high school, you know, like everyone in Fresno is addicted to drugs at one point. So it, it took a while for my recovery, but uh, I can safely say that Arby's has really uh, they paid for my rehab, and so okay. I'm three years sober now. Yeah, it, it yeah. was just meth, though. Nothing too bad. <laughs> so, and and I would imagine that that having having been down bad like that before, um, you know, being at the lowest of the low helped you realize your true calling, which was making a Twitter page and then making yeah. a YouTube page about the Sacramento Kings of all teams. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's been a long way. I get emotional talking about it. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason, right, Zach? Is isn't that why? Isn't that why? the the thing happened to you yeah that's what i tell myself and i think about it every day when i wake up i'm just like damn 
that thing really happened. Yeah, that thing's it's just nuts how that thing just happened to you. Yeah, you know? or I'm but, just like I'm just like stuff is like real out there. You know? Yeah, not nah, like it's life life do be life in right. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Anyways, uh, before we get too before we get too down in the dumps here on the unsponsored podcast, uh, we'll pivot to uh, we'll pivot to Mike Brown real quick. I mean, there's there's very little that we can that we can do as far as like talking about what he could run and what he might be able to run as the Kings head coach. Uh, we don't even know what the roster is going to look like on opening night because I, I think we're all expecting massive change there. But from the little that you've gleaned and you've done, obviously, you know, on John's podcast, uh, the Royal Review, shout out to John. Um, you covered you covered the stuff that Mike was doing with the Lakers when he was there for his season plus. Um, and then I also did a thread on his stuff with the Nigerian national basketball team when they upset the USA basketball team last summer. What can you glean from, from those clips that you've seen of Mike Brown, whether they were from a little while ago or whether they were from more recently with the Nigerian national basketball team that you think might be translatable to the Kings? Like, what do you think, uh, you know, what do you, what do you gather from those clips that make you think, oh yeah, like he might run this or that, or he might utilize this guy in that way when it comes to the Kings? Well, the Nigerian basketball stuff is a way more modern than what the Lakers ran. And I, so I think that you could probably take away more from that than you can with the 2011 Lakers. And just the fact the game was so different. And I get it's international basketball, so the game is different there too. But the 2011 Lakers, like that team is starting pow and Bynum. So they're <laughs> playing two low post scores. There's no spacing. And then half the time they got a, another player like cutting to the dunker spot. And then, I mean, it, there's, there's no spacing basically. Mm. And so I would say there's more you can take away from the team Nigeria. But I really don't know because I think that he's going to take a lot away from Steve Kerr and the Warriors. And I noted that he's talked about it in some interviews about uh, taking things from each experience. And if he's smart and he is, he will take a lot from Steve Kerr and the Warriors. So I expect to see a lot of, uh, you know, kind of split actions and a, a lot of the off ball movement and kind of things like that. I, I don't think it's going to be nearly as much as the Warriors because that's not the Kings personnel, but I would expect to see, and then you have to account for the fact that you have Demonis Savonis and the offense will probably run through him in the high post. Mm. So I expect to see a lot of high post splits, but other than that, I really don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Um, real quick, I really hope that Mike Brown never says out loud next to Vivek, I want to take as much away from the Warriors as I possibly can because Vivek might cream himself <laughs> in public if that ever happened because that's his, that's his wet dream. Um, I think that's why you hired him. Yeah, I would imagine that that had something to do with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think that it, that it is tough because, the, uh, you know, like I mentioned, we don't even know who's going to be on the other than Fox and Sabonis and, and, and Davion. We really don't know who else is going to be on this team on opening night. And if Monty is because look, Monty really doubled down by obviously giving the keys to Fox and then putting a big man next to him that, you know, both those guys don't necessarily, they don't necessarily stretch the floor like that. So you've really specifically, I don't want to say boxed yourself in, but you've made the timeline a little bit shorter and you've kind of made it more specific as to how you need to build this team around those two guys. That specific way is not going to work with the current roster, like the way that it's currently constructed. He's going to have to add a lot more pieces in order to, in order to make I think the offense significantly more effective and then also the defense as well. I mean, you're going to need very specific defenders around those guys as well. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I, I, I know that the Kings are maybe sort of kind of behind the eight ball. I mean, I'm sure they've had correspondence 
back and forth, but with Mike Brown still coaching in the finals right now, you know, that is a little bit of time lost. He's going to be joining the Kings at probably the, I, you know, I mean, this, this final series is going to go at least six games. So he's not going to join the Kings until probably the, <laughs> the week of the draft essentially. And with the Kings, you don't want to waste any time at all because this franchise needs all the time it can get to get right. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I think it'll be a very exciting off season. Um, I, I just I do not want to get my hopes up with the stupid team that like I don't ever want to say oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna do this this and that next year because every single time you try to make these bold predictions for the Kings being good it never ever works out the way that you think it does so yeah I, I I'm with you um, I I do think that uh, the Nigerian national team stuff is much more modern and you can you can gather a lot more um, from from clips watching them during the Olympic the last Olympic cycle. But um, you'll, you'll never you'll never quite know until he actually gets his hands on his actual team and actually is able to coach the team himself. So uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, I guess real quick, we'll move on to the draft. The Kings, as we mentioned, somehow, some way, I mean, they beat the odds. They jumped from seven to four. And let me ask you this real quick. Do you guys know how many times in the Sacramento era the Kings pick has actually jumped in the lottery? Three. Zach, what's Is your that guess? Accurate. Zach, what's your guess? I was going to go with uh, like 485. I don't know. Okay. A little I think on it's the, a better guess. Yeah, a little on the high side, but. Um, at, at most, at most. Sorry. Yeah. At, okay. At most. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Really leaving, really, really leaving a lot of room for error here, Zach. I yeah. like that. You got to, you got to, you got to catch yourself when you're falling, right? Um, six. The answer is six. The Kings have participated in 26 draft lotteries because in the other 10 seasons that they were in Sacramento, they somehow inexplicably made the playoffs. And so they weren't a part of those draft lotteries. They've only jumped six times though. So this is a very, very rare occasion. It's a special occasion. It's actually the third time that the Kings pick has jumped in the last six years. So as long as we've been alive, we've seen the, we've seen the Kings like of the six times that they've jumped, we've seen them. We've seen half of those. So it doesn't, you know, we should consider ourselves lucky for being alive during such, you know, a, a special time. Um, but also it's just, it does not happen that much because the Kings are so content with like not tanking and not bottoming out and then always being stuck in the middle of the draft lottery. So this is a rare occasion. This is a big occasion. Obviously the type of prospects that you'll be debating about and who you'll want to take at that four spot are much different than seven or eight uh, or potentially even nine or 10 because the Kings could have fallen back that far. So You've covered a lot of draft prospects on, a, on, on Deuce and Mo and on the role review. Uh, you know, you, I think you've talked a little bit on the role review uh, as well. And then, you know, you've, you've also covered a ton of draft prospects on the timeline. I think a lot of people who follow you know how you feel about these prospects at the top. So instead of talking about specific prospects, I just want to get your insight. And um, I want to know how you feel about potential scenarios that might shake out for the Kings at pick number four. And I guess we'll start off with the easiest one and one that, I think I lean towards the most personally is what if they just stayed at four? If they just stayed at four yeah. and if they, and if they, and if they didn't, and if they didn't trade down or up or even out of the draft, cause that's a possibility. If they stayed at four, what do you think the Kings should do? You take Ivy. If Ivy goes top three, you take whatever of the big, the big three power forwards that fall hmm. you take, and you don't even care about fit. Just take Ivy, Bancaro or Chet or Jabari. Just whatever one of those four, as long as you get one of those four, you win. Zach, I know anything else. Zach, I know you've been doing a lot of research on draft prospects. Um, I, I think that's what you're doing right now because because you're looking down at your phone um, and furiously scrolling. Um, what do you think the Kings should do if they stay at four? Yeah, I was texting some scouts. Um, 
but uh you know i mean why not take a risk on me i i have the i have the intangibles you're draft you know? eligible too yeah your wingspan uh doesn't matter but <laughs> what's your uh dog in him <laughs> oh i got it yeah don't worry well that x-ray the x-ray that meme of the x-ray with the dog that we've been yeah. seeing uh that is actually zach's x-ray that's that's oh. my x-ray yeah those are actually of, my text, but someone took it from my phone somehow and yeah. just used it for their benefit on Twitter to get it viral or something. A, a lot of a lot of a lot of HIPAA regulations were violated in that, by the way. Um, you could probably sue your 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 your, your physician for. Yeah, if you were to that. see me, you would you would classify me as a hooper, not a <laughs> okay. not a basketball. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's so, always a big debate, right? Is he a hooper? Or is he a basketball player? Exactly. Um, so. Okay, that's we'll 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 try to we'll try to we'll try to get Monty McNair um in on this and and see if he'll give you a look i've um, actually just been texting him it's just uh it's my 45th day in a row and it just says uh please so <laughs> yeah he's he's not the easiest guy to reach so but don't sound too desperate that's you know you're kind of playing he's with playing fire. hard to get yeah all, all in a day's work though you know yeah. um <laughs> okay i'm with you on that though um just just make it easy just make it easy on us kings fans right just take the best guy available do what you did the last two years and um and and just and and do the right thing monty mcnair just just take the best player available now there have been some murmurs about a team like okc potentially wanting to potentially wanting to trade out of the top three they're at the second pick and they might want to move down um i mean i don't believe anything during draft season as far as oh this team might do this or oh this team likes this guy and they're keying in on keying in on this guy like it's it's all smoke screen we know the drill but if it's true that okc wants to trade out and if the kings did trade up to number two, what do you do in that scenario? So, yeah, I will say, first off, I have no idea anything that's going to happen. Like, usually we have a, at least somewhat of an idea now. Right now, we have no, we think Jabari's going first. Other mm-hmm. than that, who knows? And mm-hmm. Jabari could not even go first. Like, he, yeah. he could end up – it could be Chet. But if we trade up to two, which is something that I actually really, really like, possibly, I want Chet. Like he's my number one player in this draft. I mm-hmm. think that he, I think that he fits, but I think that it's a weird fit. But I like it. Yeah, it's interesting because he's just he's the defender that we need, and we talk about ha- needing to have a rim protector next to Domas. Well, he is that, and yeah. like he's an elite rim protector. I think that at the very least, he's going to be one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. And then I think he's super raw offensively, but I think that he has a chance to be really good offensively and you don't even need that. Like Rudy Gobert is an all-star without basically any offense. Yeah. He's just straight defense. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I, I, um, and I, and I, and I've said this, uh, before, um, and I, even, I just mentioned it about Domas and Fox, right? Like building around those two guys, you have to build, you have to build the team and the roster around them in a very specific way. And it's kind of weird. It's a wonky fit in a sense, why not get even weirder, dude? Lean into the weirdness. Pick the guy that literally has no comp to anybody in NBA history. Pick the tall, skinny kid from Gonzaga and, and let him be your weak side room protector. You know, let him be the ver- vertical spacing threat. You can go big to big, right? High-low with him and Sabonis. Like, those guys are skilled enough to do things like that. Um, and then eventually, maybe that jump shot, like, really, really comes along. I mean, he's shown very, very promising signs as far as his jump shot. Um with his efficiency in college so and you know man it's it's kind of gross like i i don't feel good about it because i i'm a saint mary's fan go gales i hate gonzaga 
I, I cannot stand them. Like out of all the teams in college basketball that I hate, they are that can zag a front court. Yeah, look. It's 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 already not easy rooting for a guy that you know rooting for just one guy from Gonzaga, right? But he's a good player, and if and if Chet happens to be the best pick, then okay, fine. But ugh, gross. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you think about the people who? And I and I personally think this is a lazy evaluation. What do you think about the people who keep on saying, "Well, he's too skinny. He's too skinny to play at the NBA level. He's gonna he's gonna get abused. He's gonna get absolutely dogged in the post." What what, what do you say to those people who who think that that that's gonna be a thing with Chet because he's because of his frame? I really don't even care about that to be honest. That, like you said, that's pretty just a lazy evaluation. Mm-hmm. And I mean that also assumes that he just will never put on the weight, which he will. Mm-hmm. Like he probably even by, before his first season will probably put on at least like fifteen pounds because he understands that. And, you know, it's not like he really needs to right now. Like he has like ridiculous mental length. He's going to bother shots regardless. He's, he's not going to be somebody that you want to be like a post defender against the guys like Townsend and beat. Mm-hmm. You have so- Domas for that. He's extremely strong and he can at least bump against them. Yeah. He's obviously going to need help, but he at least can not get completely bullied. Yeah. Chet won't need to do that because he has Domas, and he, that's kind of like with uh, Drew Timmy. He's kind of used to playing like that. Boo, Drew Timmy, yeah. boo. Not a fan either, but but yeah, he is used to playing with a low post score at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think the two laziest takes that I see from Kings fans <laughs> when it comes to a couple of these uh, top three, top four guys is... Wait, um, let me guess the other one. Jaden Ivey. He is one of them. Can you get? Can you guess the other one? Um, no. <laughs> Paulo Bancaro is a big from Duke, and since the Kings had already taken a big from oh, Duke, yeah, they okay, shouldn't do yeah. it again. Yeah, see that? That's another lazy one. Like that? Yeah, like uh, yeah. The top three laziest takes I see from from Kings fans about the top three guys are Chet's too skinny. One. Paulo is another big from Duke. We shouldn't draft another big from Duke. And uh, of course, Jaden Ivey would take the ball out of Fox's hands. And whenever somebody says that, that just shows me that they did not watch enough Purdue basketball this past season and don't know, they don't know what Matt Painter is all about because Matt Painter uh, has never really run his offense through his guards. He's always done it through his bigs. So yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't be mad at it. I'd be afraid of what Monty McNair might potentially be able to give up. Also, if you were trading with Sam Presti, you can kind of count on getting fleeced. Like that guy, that guy, that guy's. Uh... Yeah, I would be very worried about. That yeah, and how much you would give up. So depending on that, I might hold off. But I just love Chet, and I mm-hmm. think that he could be someone that, you know, like really. Yeah. Like if he pans out, like that's a superstar level player. Between the top three, between between those three guys, um, who do you think? Who do you think? is the most likely to, if they're, if they were to fall to four, who do you think of those three would be most likely to fall to four? I feel like Chet, to be honest, just because people are concerned about like the mm-hmm. frame and yeah. some of the stuff translating. I think people realize by now at this point that Paulo's just too skilled. Yeah. Like not taking him in the top three is ridiculous. And if you fell to four and I get that he, he's not like that level defender at all, but you have to take him no matter what. And I, yeah. I think that he should have a case of being the top two, to be honest. Yeah, his his floor so high, um, and and he's already got his his bag offensively. It's just, it's just nuts. I think the first time I saw him, I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe this kid is only you know eighteen, nineteen years old, and he's playing against these these college guys that have been you know around for three four years, and 
he's it's 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 a man it was a man amongst boys out there it really was it, it was it was just so impressive first time i saw him play against kentucky um and and also the other thing that i think people need to lay off on paulo on is like oh he the whole he can't play defense thing coach k hasn't coached defense in like seven yeah. years he really hasn't coached like since his last national title he's not coached defense like i knew that he was not coaching defense at all when he had bagley and wendell carter and he was playing them next to each other and since they really couldn't stop anybody when they were on the court. He was like, ah, let's just go to a zone. <laughs> I know that was like, out. they went to that like game two of that season. They just yeah. completely gave up man defense altogether. That was, was that like, was pretty funny. It's like, what? <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I mean, I guess, I guess if that's what makes you happy, Coach K, but you didn't even try. Geez, like, are you even going to attempt to make these guys play defense? I know at that point they were still playing against like, chattanooga state yeah exactly exactly they're playing against like morgan state and like arkansas pine bluff and and they were like no we got to go to a zone yeah so they they got to chill on that and you know he hasn't really coached offense either i mean you and you and i talked about this during the tournament like he was just spamming the elevator set and do you remember do you remember the picture that i sent that i sent you of my friend who was at the game who zoomed in on the yeah um, zoomed in on the whiteboard it was literally just him drawing up the elevator set like it, he hasn't he hasn't coached in a while um i i he's been checked out he's just been getting blue chip recruits and just seeing how far they can take him so i know the funniest part is that set like it worked like the first couple times but like besides that it was just they just didn't go to Paulo. <laughs> yeah. like i don't like they could they might as well not even ran it to that point because they could have uh, just done anything yeah i yeah whatever I, I i i just haven't really been impressed with with coach Cape for the better part of the last decade so I, he phoned it in yeah he definitely phoned it in um all right <laughs> last thing yeah <laughs> the last thing i wanted to cover was what if they trade down so it depends where they trade to obviously if they get like five or six it'd probably be keegan murray mm-hmm. and depending on what happens who knows i don't think anybody has any idea what's going to happen with shaden sharp where he's going to go i don't think they're going to take him i don't even think that's a consideration really mm-hmm if they go down to like seven to 10 range, I like Matherin because he's yeah. a two, he's an extreme athlete and he's got a beautiful jumper. Yeah. And then the other guy that I really liked recently is Johnny Davis mm. just because mm-hmm. of defensive purposes, but he's also has upside as a scorer and he averaged 20 a game. So obviously he can score, but it's just, people don't think that the way that he gets the offense can translate to the NBA as well. But regardless, he's a great defender and I have no questions about that. Yeah, Johnny, um, and I've said this to you and I've said this to a lot of people, Johnny had the best prospect game I saw this past season. Yeah, I went back and watched that. Yeah, it's definitely it, it, it is it is something. It's something. And and watching that game live, I'm like, it's so funny because Zach and I are in a group chat with a few other friends. And during the college basketball season, I'm the only person in that group chat who actually watches college basketball. It's basically just me and another buddy in there who's who's a Celtics fan um, that that watched college basketball during the college basketball season. And I'm like spamming the chat like, guys, Johnny Davis is going nuts right now. And nobody, nobody was, I mean, like, you know, people live their lives, they're busy. They can't watch every single game, but I was like losing it. I was like, oh my God, this is this is insane what he's doing right now. And um, yeah, I, I, he, he was playing at or around that level for the majority of the rest of the season. It's just once he tweaked his ankle late in the season against Nebraska, he just, he just did not look right. Um, and, and he lost a lot of his explosiveness, but Johnny had the same efficiency and scoring leap that Keegan did. It's just Keegan. I think obviously is taller. He plays a more, you know, as a big wing, he plays a more premium position or he would be playing a more premium position in the NBA. And so I think people kind of are looking towards him as like, okay, like he's like, that guy that can do all this stuff. But I think Johnny Davis can do pretty much the same defend, shoot threes, you know, be a smart basketball player, slot in uh, nicely in a system next to 
established stars already. And, and, and I think somebody like him, Ben Matherin, I love, I love Benedict Matherin, yeah. honestly. Um, I saw him terrorize the PAC 12 for a year. Um, speaking of Gonzaga, Arizona hired Tommy Lloyd after they let go of Sean Miller. Tommy Lloyd came from Mark Few's staff in Gonzaga. So once again, another reason to hate Gonzaga for me, because I'm also a fan of the Cal bears. So, um, you know, watched him, watched him do a great job with Arizona and become national coach of the year. And so, you know, thanks Gonzaga. God, I hate Gonzaga, but yeah, I, I, I think there are really, really solid players in that range that you could take. And then if you acquire another asset, would you rather it be another pick in this draft, a future pick because the 2023 draft is stacked? Um, or would you rather bring in an established, you know, like a known commodity that can help the team right away? I would prefer to bring in probably someone known, but like only in that like range that fits Fox and Doma. So like 26 and under. I, I, so the whole Jeremy Grant thing, I'm not a fan of yeah like at all yeah especially considering like how much you probably would have to give up for him <laughs> and he's a one-year guy and he's yep. like 29 it's just not john collins is someone that fits a timeline but i don't know about the asking price mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the whole josh hart for seven thing i like josh hart i don't know about josh hart <laughs> plus seven for four <laughs> yeah I, I i'm not quite sure about that either i and and i i, I like josh hart as well but um because if you ask me who would you rather have, Josh Hart and Benedict Matherin or Jaden Ivey, I would probably say Ivey. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would lean Ivey over all those guys for yeah. sure. Just because of just because of the fact that you would have that, you will have them under team control for the next, you know, seven, maybe eight years, depending on the contract he gets. Um, and then also just the upside, right? Like if you're gonna bring in a guy like Josh Hart, why not just draft Jaden Ivey, who profiles as roughly the same player, right? And 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 has already proven that he can play off the ball. So, yeah, I I I I do get that bringing in no commodities a a a a good thing because with the Kings you don't want any mysteries, right, Zach? Zach, you you one time bought a Thomas Robinson jersey, and that you know you were only able to wear that around for half a season, and and that's because you know he was kind of a draft prospect that wasn't a, a known commodity, and the Kings were going through some weird ownership stuff and. He was traded away as kind of an FU, but there was mystery surrounding that, right? We didn't know what Thomas Robinson was in the NBA, and that's why you can't wear your Thomas Robinson jersey anymore. Um, I think I lost it too. <laughs> like I remember I had it just in my closet, and now it's just it was just gone one day. I go, oh, okay, well that's gone, and then he got traded. And I was just like, well, I mean, uh, sucks, I guess. And then I remember he was in he was in Portland for a little bit. I'm just like, oh yeah, Thomas Robinson. I had his jersey, and then that's about it. Hey, don't worry, I got a Jimmer jersey. I mean, that's even even the Jimmer jersey is more like common amongst Kings yeah, fans yeah, yeah. Thomas Robinson. Yeah. yeah, but he probably turned out to be a worse player. He just is more popular. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. You yeah, you can definitely make that case. God, God, we were so miserable. And when we talk about trading down, and you bring up Jimmer, that was the last time the Kings traded down. Yeah, you know, they John traded Thomas. down to take on John Solomon's, who is a corpse of himself. Uh, when he came back to Sacramento the second time, I mean, it just historically doesn't really work out. And it's not like Bismack Biombo has worked out all that well either. It's just he's at least still in the league and he's still contributing. That was a, a clay draft, right? Or it was it was it was it was the Kawhi. It was the Kawhi It was it was the Kawhi draft. So that was that one. Okay, there there was there's a miss every yeah. year. So I just got to yeah keep yeah. It was it was Kawhi and Kemba like the two big names. Um, yeah, I draft so. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I would trade um, down for John Salmons though. Yeah, hey, br- I say bring him back now. 
uh, see what he can contribute. He he probably still. I think somebody not that long. I think a couple of years ago, somebody <laughs> somebody texted one of my friends and said, "Hey, I just." Uh, and he wasn't that big of a he wasn't that big of a he didn't fall basketball like that but he like ran in he like saw john solomon's like a 24 like locally just like you know just hooping playing pickup games and he like hit up one of my friends who's a huge kings fan and he's like hey is john solomon still in the kings like he's is he still in the nba my friend was just like no he's been retired for like, for like five or six years why he's like oh i just played against him at 24 he's like dude do you not follow the league at all like this man has not been in the league since since like 2014 um so yeah that was my that was the last time i heard anything about john Solomons. but i hope he's doing well i hope he's doing well um all right the next thing we'll do is i'll just rapid fire some some draft prospects uh i'll just i'll just name some off uh whatever comes to mind again we don't rehearse anything we don't we don't plan anything out on this podcast so uh i'll just name off a few guys these are mostly like second round like like you know late first round second round guys and and you you kind of just give me give me give me the spiel on them or give me how give give me give me a, an idea of them or like you know tell us how you feel about this draft prospect when i name what when i when i get just name off a name uh christian brown what do you think of christian brown i haven't watched too much of him i did in the tournament just like casually because mm. kansas just kept winning and they beat my they sure Hurricanes <laughs> by like 30. But yeah. I mean, I, just from like taking a glance at him, I mean, I like him. He's a good athlete and mm-hmm. he can shoot. He's, he's definitely like worth consideration in that late, late first. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, his stock has actually kind of risen, shockingly. Like he, he, he probably yeah. was like most people had him slotted in the second round firmly. But yeah, he's, he, his stock went up. He's like um, a little Dante DiVincenzo yeah yeah no yeah he like profiles like very similarly to dante yeah. uh okay what about jake laravia i'm honestly not as high on him as some of the kings fans are mm-hmm. like I, I don't think that he's a great defender i think he's decent i think he's a great cutter and overall i don't think that there's any like specific skill like for a lot of the second round guys i look at like i want to see like one skill that's like an nba level like that's mm-hmm. going to translate. And with him, it's just, he's just kind of good at a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I guess like when, when that, when you translate that directly to the Kings, it's not like he'll like your ecosystem has to be very, very good for a guy. Like yeah, it's that. hard to find <laughs> like a specific role for him. Right yeah, yeah. 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 And especially if you're the Kings, right? Like that's it, nobody knows their role on this team. Um, Okay. Uh, you just did a, a couple of videos or you posted a couple of videos on him. I think yesterday, uh, cause we're recording this on Sunday. I think so on Saturday, you posted a couple of videos of him. Malachi Branham. What do you think of him? I love him. I mean, that dude is, he's so smooth and just extremely skilled as a scorer. Mm-hmm. And someone said uh, yesterday, they said that he reminds him of Karis LeVert. Mm-hmm. And I, and then I like was like, that's actually like a really good comparison for the mm-hmm. way he scores. He's not the playmaker that LeVert is, but he's that level of score, like a pull up midi. He's mm-hmm. great inside. He's not super explosive, but he gets to his spots. He can score out of the pick and roll kind of from everywhere. He shot like 42% from three as well. Although not on super high volume, but his shot looks great. Mechanics are good. Yeah, he, I heard murmurs of him like being pretty solid and he was slowly like coming along and just coming into himself uh, at Ohio State. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, you know, I'll, I'll see what he's about. Caught a couple of Ohio State games and I was like, oh yeah, he's pretty solid. And those are probably like the last couple of games that, that he played that were like sort of okay. From that point yeah. moving forward, he took off. I mean, he had some incredible, like if you just look at some of the box scores, 
from some of the games that he played in the middle of the conference play, I mean, the efficiency was just insane in some of those games. He, he really, really took off. Um, and I think, yeah, he's, he's, he's probably gonna be like a top 20 pick at this point. Um, what about, let's see here. Um, Mark Williams. What do you think of him? He's probably, I don't, I mean, I think that he's probably better right now than guys like uh, Jalen Duran and uh, like <laughs> yeah. Walker Kessler. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven two—that's just ridiculous in the yeah. league span. Yeah, the the standing reach was wasn't it like eight ten or something? It was something. It was something ridiculous. The standing <laughs> yeah. reach was something crazy. And so you know, obviously, what his role is going to be—he's going to be the rim protector, the rim runner. And so I mean, the groundwork is in for that kind of player so mm-hmm. i think that he's going to excel in the nba I, I don't know what he's going to be outside of that i know that i don't know what his numbers were but i felt like he shot good from the line so you know you can see at least there's somewhat some flashes of him having a jumper mm-hmm. in the yeah. future but other than that i mean he's just that room protector kind of rebounder yeah and he's another reason why i tell people to lay off on paulo with the defense same thing with aj griffin too since oh yeah that team up. relied on him. yeah like that AJ, team yeah when i was watching AJ's tape, he didn't put any effort because <laughs> no, he knew no. that he, he knew he had mark williams back there, so there's really no point exactly that's what i was trying to tell people i was like dude first of all coach k doesn't coach that side of the ball at all and also when he when you know you've got seven two with like a you know eight ten standing reach guy back there like you just let that guy just rove and just take away whatever it is that the defense funnels to him so and same for Matherin too with coloco oh that's right yeah coloco coloco was obviously was huge for that team as well um okay what about um what about david roddy you mentioned you watched a lot of david roddy david I, i'm also a big fan of david roddy he had a not a very good combine but what do you think of him he's extremely skilled and he scores from everywhere like he he can shoot threes he scored as a pick and roll ball handler he scored as a roll man he can pick and pop and his footwork's ridiculous in mm-hmm. like the mid post area, like those midi fadeaways, up and under step throughs. He can score pr- pretty much from every single facet of his game. He's a good passer, and the only question is he's six five and whatever he is like two fifty. So <laughs> yeah. he's, he's just not like there's no people of that size don't excel in the modern NBA. Yeah. So there's no like precedent for that. So that's the only problem. It's it's hard to say like what his position even is because he can't really defend nobody right now. So it's it's like extremely tough to say mm-hmm. what exactly is going to translate, but he's he's too skilled. I feel like he's going to find a way to make it work. Yeah, uh, and there actually is a precedent for guys like David Roddy. Uh, one Chuck Hayes, former Sacramento Kings yeah. legend, Chuck Hayes. <laughs> I, I guess so. That's like <laughs> the game was a little bit different though back then. <laughs> Zach, were you going to say something about Chuck? Oh yeah, um, I met Chuck Hayes. <laughs> At the Arden Fair Mall Macy's. Hell yeah. At the at the men's section in the basement. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Cool. All right. Hey, my, big shout my out to Chuck. My dad met Chokes. Oh, d- where? Yeah. Where? At How? The, at the California Classic. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we were was... staying. We were staying in uh, the hotel, and my dad was at the bar area for like thirty minutes. Oh. And he was just talking to some dude. He didn't even realize who it was. And then, like thirty minutes into the conversation, he was like, "Wait, uh, you're Chokes, right?" And then he's like, yeah, <laughs> but like, cool. And so that's how that conversation. Oh, cool. Wait, so you stayed yeah. at that, you stayed at that fat ass hotel, like right next to the arena? No, this was, uh, before that hotel was in place. Oh, okay. Okay. So that was at the first yeah. California classic, right? Was that the first California yeah. classic then? Okay. 
the one where uh, Bagley dunked on Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we thought everything was going to be okay after that. And yeah, I was sitting right behind the the Bagley family too. Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they showed his dad on the they showed his dad on the jumbotron, and his dad was going crazy. Yeah. Yeah, his I, dad all game was running up and down the bleachers. Like yeah. it was not safe. <laughs> he was going to tear an, tear an ACL or something. <laughs> oh, Marvin Bagley Jr. Man, we stand, we stand, Marvin Bagley Jr. and Marvin Bagley the third here in Sacramento. Best of luck to them Marcus in Detroit. Bagley. And Marcus Bagley as well. Yeah, a local high school legend, uh, Marcus Bagley. Um, okay, uh, what about – what about? Uh, well, you've talked about this guy, and I just I honestly just want you to spread more propaganda, propaganda about him, about, uh, about why he's such a good fit for the Kings. But Keon Ellis in the second round, potentially. What do you think of him? All Kings fans want is three and D wings, and that is exactly what he is. And he's just, he doesn't have the size. I don't know what he ended up getting listed as in the combine, probably like six, four, because I think he's listed at six, six and it's always mm. like two inches. Short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, and he's also extremely skinny. So he's the frame is a little bit reason for concern, but mm. I don't really care too much. He's just probably, I think he is the best perimeter defender in the class. And I've watched all the guys that, you know, do get that label of being a perimeter defender. And he's the guy that, has always sticked out the most to me. And mm-hmm. when I was watching him first, I wasn't even watching for him. I was watching an LSU game for Tari Eason. For Tari Eason, yeah. Yeah, and then Keon just was the one that sticked out the most to me, and he looked like the best defender in that game. And he's just extremely quick laterally. He has all the, like, tendencies that Davion does mm-hmm. when, uh, like, as a pick-and-roll defender. He gets through screens easily. He's got elite screen navigation. Recovery speed's insane. And he just, the slide to sprint transition, it's just, he does everything on that end, and he's a great shooter. Like I don't know what he ended up getting. Uh, he was like mid, he was like, like he was like mid thirties. Yeah. yeah, and his yeah. form is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he has like there's some sort of like framework for coming off screen, so you see some movement threes. And when he gets hot, like the he had a game against Kentucky where he had like six threes and a half or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. When he gets hot, he's extremely extremely lethal, and he's already he's always great in the defensive end. Yeah, yeah, I he'll never be what herb jones is be- simply because herb jones is a little bit bigger he has you know a pretty crazy wingspan um herb is like <laughs> herb's on his way to being like generational now in hindsight's 2020 and i don't want to be i'm i never ever like being the guy who says hey I, I told you so but herb when i watched him at alabama last year i was like oh my god like there's a reason why he was not just the defensive player of the year in the sec but also the player of the year in the SEC, just period. Because I think the coaches recognized how big his impact was, exactly how big his impact was on defense. You know, and he's like, he's fine on offense. He's not like a, a complete zero on offense. But I think Keon's further along on offense than than Herb Jones is. You know, or at least Herb Jones was when he came into the league. So I think he'll he'll not be a. a a complete zero on offense. And then he'll also do enough for you defensively that you can justify keep, uh, keeping him out there. And also the other interesting thing I like, I like, I like about Keon is the fact that he was a D two guy actually before he yeah. transferred to Alabama. And I always, I always root for those guys that come from smaller schools or come from, you know, a completely different division, make that leap still produce. And like the fact that a guy that started at D two is now in the conversation for being even, you know, just a second round NBA draft pick is just, it's just nuts. But um, yeah, he didn't have too great of a combine. Um, I think that's where most of the uh, the weight issues kind of came in. Like he just wasn't big enough to deal with some of those guys at times. But I just think you get him in an NBA 
uh, you know, nutritional program and he puts on those pounds, I, I think he'd be a very, very good player as well. Uh, last one. And you and I both stand this guy. Um, I mean, people, people, people have seen me tweeting about how I'm, show, you know, I'm showing highlights of him in the club when I'm at the club. Uh, Travion Williams. I mean, <laughs> probably the best passing big man I've ever seen in college. What are your thoughts on him? Man, he is so fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Probably of all the second round guys, all like everyone projected in that range, he's by far the most fun. Just inc- obviously, like the passing is r- ridiculous, and that's what mm-hmm. sees out the most. He's an incredible low post scorer, and his IQ is insane. Yeah. And he just like the offensive ran through the bigs at Purdue with him and Edie, and for good reason because yeah. he was he was dominant. I mean, they're just, he was so good offensively. There's not even much to say. Yeah. His, it, I, it really is nuts how he throws guys open like Aaron Rodgers would in, yeah, a, in he a double coverage. He holds the ball like the LaShawn McCoy with one hand <laughs> yeah. and then just like throws backwards passes. Yeah. Like, and, and like his whip passes into the opposite corner. I'm like, oh my God. Like th- th- that kind of stuff is, it should be outlawed. It's, it's just too good at the college level. You know, like you guys at the college level are not prepared to defend that most of the time. Um, and, and that's why, you know, he's, he's a big reason why I tell people, look, you got to lay off on the whole Jaden is going to take the ball out of Fox's hands thing because Jaden spent both years in college playing with a guy who was so good from the high post that he was making plays for everybody else. And don't the Kings have a guy like that? Correct me if, if I'm only, wrong, but if don't only they did. A, yeah. I, I really wish they did. Zach, is there a guy on the, on the Kings right now that, that can, that can do stuff from the high post and make plays for others uh, from the center position? I'm, I, I don't, I'm, uh memory's a little uh, fuzzy right now. Um yeah, uh Namias. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Namias can't uh, actually you know what all jokes aside, Namias actually did do a lot of that at Utah State. <laughs> so so he actually is like he might be capable of doing it. Who knows? But um yeah, you know, yeah, I think yeah, you know, you're right. I think Namias oh also uh, Harry Giles. Oh, oh that guy. Oh, oh yeah. Willie Cauley Stein. Yo, yeah, yeah him. That's him. The one. Yeah, that's that's the dude. Um wasn't there another guy oh eric morland oh yep of course he can do that mm-hmm. simbular Simb- yo shout out to simbular man <laughs> shout out to simbular king's legend um yeah no uh he's he's incredibly fun to watch and i just think the synergy that you could have and and the uh, continuity that you could have between the first and second unit if you were to say take domas off the floor uh, and then put Trayvon Williams in there with the second unit. I think that's that'd be perfect because <laughs> I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but when Domas is off the floor, the Kings' offense is kind of dog shit. So, <laughs> so they should probably keep a playmaking big out there to uh, to kind of alleviate the the uh, the pressure off of the secondary ball handlers that'll be running that unit. I mean, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Like, I, I feel like that should be yeah. something that Montemayor considers. And it's encouraging to see that Montemayor did interview him. Um, as, as part of the many interviews that he did do at the combine. So maybe there's a chance. Who knows? Yeah, right now, my dream second round would be Trevion and then Keon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, then with, those are my two guys right now for the second. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a little more biased. I mean, I like J I like J A Y L I N Jalen Williams yeah. from Arkansas. I mean, Zach is too. He's he's half Vietnamese. Um, so you know, it, it'd be it'd be cool to have him. Um, I'd even be okay with Johnny Juzang being the pick in the second round because he's also half Vietnamese. A little biased here. Those guys are both top 10 on my board because they're Vietnamese, but you know. Um, but yeah, I yeah, those two guys would be a dream. And then if Ivy were the first round pick, I mean, my gosh, like, you know, think about what you just added to your team just through the draft. But we'll see. I'm I, again, I'm not gonna get my hopes up. As of this reporting, we're about a week and a half away from the uh from the NBA draft. And um, 
yeah, I, I, I don't know what to expect. Don't know what's going to happen, but you know, I, I am excited because of the mystery. It's just draft excitement for the Kings always ends up dying down quite quick because they just end up messing up. So, you know, we'll see. Um, all right. To close out, we'll do a segment that Zach and I have done many, many times on this podcast before it's everybody's favorite segment on this podcast. Actually. Um, we're going to do a segment called where were you when the Kings fucked up? And the list is long and it is, it is, it's, it's, it's not something that we like to revisit, but just for the sake of conversation and just for the sake of taking a trip down memory lane, it's something that we, it's something that we do because the nostalgia, the nostalgia, you know, it hits different sometimes, especially with the Kings. So I'll start with, I'll start with, uh, with the first event that I can, uh, that I can think of, which is the 2002 Western Conference Finals game seven. Where were you? I was three. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where I was. I'll be at Arby's. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would wager the same. I actually, I, I actually watched that game in an Arby's. So Zach, where were you on, on, on that, on that faithful day? Uh, where was I? Um, I think I was in Bali at my mansion. Okay. Watching the game. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Um, um, okay, not not necessarily a thing that the Kings fucked up with, but uh, a very, very traumatizing and very sad event that really changed the trajectory of that Kings core. Where were you when Chris Webber blew out his knee in the 2003 Western Conference semifinals against the Dallas Mavericks? I believe in this time, I was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I was like four. Probably watching it in Arby's. Yeah, Arby's, Arby's seems to be the... Um, yeah seems to be the seems to be the place seems to be the joint zach where were you uh i think i was asleep okay yeah in my mansion in bali yeah you want to you know <laughs> you know you want to know where i was at zach i watched that game at our grandpa's house <laughs> i was in i was in grandma's room watching that game and when he fell i was just like oh no get up he'll be fine <laughs> And I was like, yeah, get, up, right. get up. And then all of a sudden I was the uh, Simba and Mufasa <laughs> meme uh, that, that has become such a big part of meme lore. I was like, please get up. Uh, he did not get up and the Kings ended up losing that series. And, and, and for my money, and I stand by this, you know, a lot of people remember the 2001-2002 team, right? Because they actually made it to the Western Conference Finals. I thought the 2002-2003 team was better than the 2001-2002 team. They were. Like it's the numbers back that up and, and they brought in a guy by the name of Keon Clark, who apparently played half his games drunk, but was still helping the weak side defense um, and rim protection. He, he changed, he really changed the identity of that team. And then Jim Jackson as well, really good pickups. Um, Okay. Let's see here. Um, Where were you in 2009 when the Kings were supposed to get the number one pick in the NBA draft, but then ended up (laughs) falling back to fourth, which by the way, with the old lottery odds, if you had the best, odds at the number one pick the lowest you could fall was to the fourth pick with those old lottery odds so of course the kings fell the lowest they possibly could to the fourth pick where were you when chris weber was in new york repping the kings at that draft lottery and you were expecting it to be the number one pick for the kings but instead they got the fourth pick to be honest i don't even remember the lottery but i do remember that Tyreek's rookie season had me probably the most hyped as a like a nine-year-old or 10-year-old whatever I was I thought that he was the next Michael Jordan combined with LeBron I thought that he was everything 
I know. I had like probably like four Tyreek jerseys in my closet <laughs> right now. Zach, where were you? I believe I was, let's see, how old was I then? I was about 43. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I was picking up my kids from school. Okay. Uh, and then we were actually going to go to Arby's, the one that Skyler worked at, because <laughs> um, we just wanted some food after school. And then I heard the news and I just drove home and I just sat in silence. Yeah. Yeah. But with a beef and cheddar in your head, right? Yeah, of course. And so curly fries. Yeah. That Skyler yeah. served to you, correct? Yep. He made the- yep. It yeah. was probably the greatest uh, beef and cheddar I've had to this day. Yeah, drove all the way to Fresno for that. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I was a beautiful trip. Yeah, it's. I I can't think of a better drive than just going just a straight shot down I just a straight shot down I five south. <laughs> lots of lots of beautiful landmarks on the way, uh, especially driving by the Mantigo water slides. Man, what a, what a, what a, what a view! What a what a majestic landmark that is. Um, yeah, I was at I was at a friend's house. I had a friend that lived right next to my high school that I went to. And so we used to always just go over there, me and him play basketball together for basically all the way through, from middle school throughout the high school. I was always over at his place and we had the draft lottery on expecting the number one pick. I will never forget when they announced, when they opened up the envelope and the Kings were the fourth pick. I'll never forget Chris Weber just doing this, just, just his head just drops and like he buries it in his hands. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe they did that to you, Chris. We still he love you, us. but you did kind of fail us. Yeah. They could have uh, used DeMontis. Yeah. They really, they really could have used DeMontis. They could have, yeah, they could have drafted DeMontis as like a, you know, a 14 year old at the time. He would have been pretty helpful. He was probably like, what, at least six, five, six, six by then, right? Imagine getting, imagine being able to mold a kid that young as an NBA, as an NBA franchise. He'd be, he'd be all world by now. Um, all right. Where were you when the Kings, <laughs> we already talked about this a little bit, but where were you when the Kings traded back from seven to 10? to draft Jimmer Fredette in 2011 and then also uh, acquire John Solomons. As a kid that didn't really watch much like college basketball besides like seeing all the stuff that Jimmer does, I was hyped because <laughs> I didn't really know any better. I mean, I just, I don't know where I was at the time, probably just at my house, but I was definitely hyped when we got Jimmer just because that was the only thing that, you know, I really knew, only player I really knew in that draft. And like, I probably changed all of my profile pictures, pictures at the time to Jimmer. I remember at the time, I probably still is my Facebook profile picture. I don't use Facebook no more. All right, Zach, where were you? Uh, funny you bring up Facebook. I was probably doing the same thing. <laughs> uh, I probably I probably was just at that time on Facebook just posting something that says, I'm bored with yeah. the dash and underline face. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Typical, typical, you know, teenager Facebook stuff back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I was, uh, I definitely was watching that draft. Um, I, I watched a ton of basketball. I, I was always a big college basketball guy, but that was my, that was my, um, that was my first year of college. So I had a lot more time, um, you know, when I wasn't playing basketball to watch more college basketball. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like everybody knew about Jimmer, but there were definitely other guys where I was just like, man, they could have had, you know, had this guy or that guy. And I was like, it's exciting, but I kind of feel like with everything going on with ownership right now, it might be a ploy to put butts in seats and to sell tickets. And boy, boy, were we right about that because, uh, that was definitely just a PR stunt. Um, I was actually probably more excited about, I know a lot of people are going to be like, shut the hell up, Drew. You're saying this 10 years after the fact, it's easy for you to say this. I actually was very excited about the Isaiah Thomas pick. Because as a Cal fan, and that was back when Cal was good, very, very long time ago, Cal was good. It's, I know it's hard to believe, but Washington was the bane of Cal's existence. 
in the pack and what was formerly the pack 10. Um, and Isaiah Thomas was a big reason for that. Like Isaiah Thomas absolutely owned Cal. So, um, yeah, I was more excited about that pick and, and, and it ended up being a pretty good one. I, I feel like it's just the Kings kind of gave him up for nothing. So, yeah. Um, all right, next one. Where were you? <laughs> and I hate to bring this up. I, I, I'm going to shout out our good friend, Daily Daily Sabonis. Um, this is, this is his, this is essentially, you know, his 9-11. This is his uh, Kings passing up uh, Luca for Bagley. But where were you when the Kings inexplicably fired Michael Malone in uh, December of 2015? Or I'm sorry, 2014. That, that was, that still hurts me to this day. <laughs> I still can't believe that. That season was so much fun. I know. It was I know. so much fun. <laughs> I don't even know where I was when the firing happened, but I remember I was just heartbroken. Yeah. I feel like we had it. And it felt like everything came together. We fired him because our best player got meningitis. Yes. And yep. so, you know, normal NBA team says, you know, our our best player kind of can't play basketball right now. So mm-hmm. that's why we are losing games. Yeah. King said, no. It's because our coach sucks. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think they spread the rumor that he gave Boogie viral meningitis because they kissed. So, I mean, that's. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Wait, that, I, that was just a rumor. Well, basically yeah. efficient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay, Zach. Zach, it's okay. It's it all right, pride, man. It is Pride Month. Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- we celebrate these kinds of things, but Zach, it's all right, man. Uh, do you remember where you were uh, for that whole thing, Zach? Doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, moving on. <laughs> when the Kings in 2016... Drafted Yorgos Papayanis with a 13th overall pick. Where were you, Skyler? I was watching that draft with my brother. <laughs> and I had, like, by this point, I watched a ton of college basketball. I scouted all these prospects. I knew who Papayanis was. I did not know anything about him. I was just, I didn't have any idea what to think. That was the draft, 2016. I was the big, uh, the guys that I liked were Jamal Murray and Buddy Hill. Yeah. So yeah. we didn't get either of them. So I was already like kind of upset because we had, I think, the eighth pick. And right. We, we had the we had the eighth pick and then we traded back. Yeah. Cause it was mm-hmm. going to be Marquise Chris. I didn't really like Chris, to be honest. And like that draft ended up pretty much sucking. But... Yeah. The draft sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but I was fine with our other picks. Like I, I liked the uh, Scal and Malachi. Yeah. And then, and then I, obviously, I did not like Papillon. And then, and then obviously picking up. Bogdan Bogdanovich in that trade back. Was yeah, and we didn't trade. realize like how good he was. At the yeah, we just exactly. Knew that he was an international player. Yeah, I, 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 I had heard like murmurs that he was very, very good over in Turkey and then over in Euroleague, but um, obviously we didn't have any idea until he got here, right? Um, so yeah, I mean like that was that was good, but oh, man, there's so many other guys that he could have gone with. I mean, would they have stuck around in the league for very long? Probably not. But yeah, I do remember I wanted like Wade Baldwin. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like the Kings. But I mean, even guard, if they but... took him, like obviously, yeah, exactly. Last, and, like two years. And and also like had the Kings taken Wade Baldwin, knowing Vladdy's draft track record with, oh, I'm not going to draft a guy because I already have this guy, which is not best player available, which is stupid. He would have probably passed on Fox next year because he had Wade Baldwin. So you know yeah. what? <laughs> it's maybe kind of a blessing this guy's. But uh, yeah, that was an ugly, ugly day. Zach, I do remember you? like getting confused when we made the trade down. I thought that we got like Brandon Knight or Eric. Oh, oh no, yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. yeah. 
because they were like it was either fake accounts or just people spreading just false information but yeah and everyone thought yeah. that they were going to trade one of them yeah the sons. I, was like, I was like what the hell but uh yeah zach where were you 2016 during the draft um uh i don't actually even think i was in the country at this point i think i was in vietnam on a family trip oh you might have been yeah with my mom and our and your mom and my grandma yeah i declined that trip i was like nah i'm not going um <laughs> i wish i did and, and and funny enough uh papa Giannis's brother actually went to my high school oh, that's right for us that's right and then uh he got shipped to, to memphis <laughs> so they just had to leave that yeah. abruptly the, yeah the greatest city in the world yeah for memphis tennessee yeah so can't even imagine living in a place like memphis I am jealous of their team though. I am jealous of their team. Um, yeah, I was watching that with a buddy and we just didn't talk for like, we just said, we just sat there in silence for like 10 minutes, not knowing what happened. So yeah, that, that was, man, what a, what a weird, weird day. Um, all right. I hate bringing this up, but 2018, you guys know where I'm going with this. The draft, Luca was right there. Vladi says, no. I want Marvin Bagley. Where were you when the Kings decided to take Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic? So we pretty much knew, like, going into the draft for yeah, like, we did. a couple weeks that Bagley was to pick. But I think a lot of us were still in denial. Like, no, it's just smokescreen. You know, they're not going to actually do that. Like, this is the dude that took Papa Giannis. <laughs> like, he's not going to pass on another European to take a big man from Duke, projected like seventh overall. When his only like real skills is like a post hook with his left hand mm-hmm. and a double jump. And I was like the biggest Luca fan for all year. Yep. I didn't think the Kings ever had a chance at him. And nope. then when they got the second pick, I was like, like Luca and Fox. Like that that just that was already in my mind. Yeah. I thought that I thought that we were gonna be a contender. Yep. Yep. And then all these reports about Bagley coming out, I just didn't believe for a long time until like a week before the draft. And I was like, this is really the route that we're going to go. And I couldn't get behind Bagley. I wasn't a fan of him at all. Like, mm. I didn't think that he'd even be a good player. Yeah. I really, I, I just didn't see too much in him because I thought he was a pretty bad defender and he didn't have too many offensive skills. He was a decent shooter. Mm. But yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of him and I love Luca. So it just, I was I was gonna root for him because he was a king, but I just yeah. didn't get behind it. It didn't never made sense to me. Zach, remember where you were? I was uh, here at home, and I was watching the draft with my dad on the TV. He had no idea who the prospects were. He was just trying to see who the hell the Kings had because he had the number two pick. But um, and then and then it just goes up on the screen. And I kind of just like stared at the TV, and he goes, hey, "Is he good?" And I go. I was like, nah, we'll see. That's what I told him. And I just walked <laughs> My dad liked Bagley because he doesn't watch international basketball. He just watched Duke. And right. Bagley was good. Yeah. 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 I, I, same thing with you, Skylar. I was in denial and didn't want to believe it. But when they submitted the pick with within a minute of them being on the clock, I was like, ah, I think Bagley's going to be the pick. Um, yeah, I saw kind of the same things that you saw. Um, one of my best friends is also a Duke fan, so he watched a lot of Duke that year, and he was like, dude, I don't – I'm not seeing it. Like, it's – he doesn't have discernible skills. He is a little bit light in the rear end. Uh, he's, you know, came in about 230, so he's not – it's like he's going to be down there at the post, like, you know, being – you know, being being able to 
out physical guys down in the post. He was a rim runner. He only had a left hand, like just extremely left-handed. Right. And he did shoot well from three point range in college, but on a very limited sample size. So it's like, man, all this stuff is just working against him. And no two people are ever going to see a draft prospect the same way. But I think there was a consensus agreement amongst a lot of the people, especially people like in SAC media and whatnot that follow, you know, basketball, a lot of all levels and know these prospects. They were kind of just like, eh, I mean, maybe, but you're going to have to have a lot happen and you're going to have to put a very, very good group of players around them and a good ecosystem. And that never was the case. I mean, they wanted Dave Yeager fired the second that, <laughs> that he didn't start Bagley, right? So everything, everything kind of just, fell by the wayside and, and he was never going to succeed here. I honestly think him having career averages of roughly 14 and seven is actually a little surprising <laughs> like yeah. given, given what he wasn't able to do coming into the league. So yeah. And it's easy, again, it's easy to say in hindsight now, but that was kind of how I always felt. And, and, and I think a lot of fans got hyped after him dunking on Mo Wagner and, and having the double jump, but um, man, we, uh, double jumps don't necessarily translate to wins. I think we found that out firsthand here in Sacramento. So <laughs> my only hope was that he put up ridiculous numbers in college, like mm-hmm. averaging 20 and 10, especially yeah. as a freshman, like yes. that stuff does not happen in college. And the fact that he was doing it without like, you could see any real like actual skill besides a left-handed post hook. Like yeah. he, he was just relying on, he was bigger than players and he yes. was more yeah. athletic than yeah. players. And yeah. that was pretty much it. Yep. That, that's what I, that's what I told people. Like they asked me, well, like, like, what do you not like? I'm like, well, he's got two moves. He's got a running left-hand hook and he's got, he's got the, I'm bigger than you at the college level. So I'm just going to like go through you and jump over you because I'm just like that, but you know, I'm just a freak, but he yeah, had, obviously that was never going to work in the NBA. Exactly. It just so doesn't Andy- work. We didn't rely league. on him developing other skills and it exactly. never happened. And it never happened. And he still to this day closes out with his head over his feet on defense and just has guys like blow by him. Um, yeah, no, he, he did though. Two things that you cannot deny. Marvin Bagley was an elite prospect. Can't deny that. And two, he had like a top five ACC season ever, ever. Like he, he, he was so good, but you can be good by being a physical freak at the college level. You can't necessarily just get away on that alone in the NBA, right? So, yeah, I hate re- I hate revisiting this and going back to it, but, you know, it is a very seminal moment in Kings history. It's a very important part of our history that we need to talk about. All right, last one. Um, this one also hurts a little bit too, but uh, where were you when Tyrese Halliburton? Well, and, and look, I, this is the segment is called When the Kings Fucked Up. I don't think this is a necessary, like this is not necessarily the Kings fucking up, but it was a very shocking thing that happened. Where were you when uh, Tyrese Halliburton was traded for uh, DeMontis Bonus? I was at home. I got a text from my friend that follows basketball, and he said, y'all traded to Tyrese. And I was like, no, we didn't. <laughs> like, that, why would they trade Tyrese? That makes zero sense. And then I go on Twitter, and the first thing that I see is we trade Tyrese for DeMontis Bonus, And I was just in shock. And my sister, who was at my house because she works from home and she comes to our house because she has bad internet at her at her house. <laughs> I went and I told her, I said, we traded Tyrese Halliburton. And she said, who is that? And I said, you don't understand. And so I was just in shock for about the entire day until the next day I kind of got over it. And I was like, Demonis is an all-star. Mm-hmm. I'm not really like, I get that we were super attached to Tyrese, but Demonis is just the better player right now. Yeah. And I realized that. Like by the next day, it just took a while to get it, get over it. Zach, where were you? Um, this is about February, right? This um, is yeah, mid February. 
where was I? Oh no, early, early February. It was like the first week of February. Yeah. I was. Uh, oh, I actually think I was in class. I think I was in class when this happened, and I was on my computer, um, doing fuck all, whatever, <laughs> um, just scrolling through Twitter, and then I was just, I kind of was just following it on the timeline. I was just like, dude, what? I was just like, what that was happening, and I wasn't really taking. I was taking everything with a, like, like a grin, like with a pinch of salt, grain of salt, whatever. And then I was just like seeing it and everything became more and more like credible and like real. And I was just like, well, and I was kind of, oh, and I was, and I was, I was like reading our group chat too. Cause everyone was like freaking out at the same time. And, uh, but at the same time, when I saw Sabonis's name involved, it, it was, it was, I was like not mad whatsoever if he was going to mm-hmm. get traded. Cause I was mm-hmm. just like, I know Sabonis's capabilities at the moment in the NBA. Um, and it's like the trade-off for Halliburton and Sabonis was not something I was going to just die over. It was more of like, well, it happened. Obviously, like like Skylar just said, obviously the attachment with Halliburton was there. Everyone knows it. Um, but I was honestly excited to see Sabonis come to this team and see like what this roster could have done or could do at the time after other moves were made as well. So I was just like, okay, well, let's see it. And then... Uh, one thing I was happy about was Buddy being shipped off as well. So I was just like, okay, well, Buddy's with that. So that's, I was like, that's fine. I'll fly him, I'll fly him to, S, to Sacramento International Airport right now from San Francisco. I'll run there right now like Roadrunner, and I'll get him out. Oh, man. Yeah, I was at, I was at work. I was at Arby's. I was working the front register. Um, had, just, had just got done dealing with a pretty uh, pissed off customer because uh, he accused one of my coworkers of spitting in his beef and cheddar. Uh, total bullshit. Not true. Um, it's... Uh, it's yeah, I, I peeked out on my phone. I'm always on my phone at work. Uh, so I peeked out on my phone and I saw that uh, person that we're very, like we've interacted with a little bit uh, on, on Twitter, Skyler, Mark Schindler. Mark Schindler, NBA writer, writes about the WNBA a lot, man. He does a lot of great work. Big shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, he wrote an article about Tyrese and Fox that morning. Okay, so I saw that he retweeted it and, and said, in case you missed it, I was like, oh, well, of course I'm going to read this. This is Mark writing about the Kings. And I had just got done reading that article while there was a line out the door at Arby's. I wasn't uh, attending to the customers at all. Uh, I just got done reading it and I pressed share and I pressed copy link and I was about to send it to our group chat full of Kings fans that Zach and I are in. I go to the group chat. The first thing I see is the Woj tweet. Somebody sent the Woj tweet in there and I was like, no, no, this is not real. And then somebody in our, in our group chat sent a voice message and he was like, no, there's no way. There's no way we just traded Tyrese Halliburton. There's no way we just just like it was just you couldn't even like understand him after after the first few words. He was just in shock. Um, yeah. Needless to say, I took my ten right away uh, at Arby's and went out back and you know vomited. But yeah, I think the attachment was real, and I think it was just sad seeing him go. I think that's that's all it was. But we knew that we were getting a good player in Domas, and and I think uh, I think I think there is some optimism with this this core uh moving forward it's just man they gotta get a lot of things right so um yeah yeah man what a time like we, we uh, as kings fans we really have been put through the ringer haven't we <laughs> I mean, we were just way too we just get way too attached to players like we were attached to luca before he was even on the kings yep yep and that's why unfairly uh a lot of people like hated Bagley and his family which yeah is, which is it's just messed up and i yeah if you can't like i get that he may not be your favorite pick but if you can't at least support him when he's on your team yeah and i don't understand that yeah i i'll, I'll never quite understand it either but yeah you know whatever well um yeah i hey man thanks for joining us this this again was this collab was 
a long time coming. This was something that, that again, the streets needed. They didn't want it, but they needed it. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm sure you're going to keep doing a ton of great work. Uh, like you said, you're going to have a lot of stuff coming after the draft, right? Um, yeah. I'm sure you'll be posting a lot up until the draft as well on prospects and things like that. So uh, let them know real quick your handle on Twitter. At SAC Film Room, S-A-C Film Room. And uh, on YouTube, it's King's Film Room, correct? Yeah, it's just King's Film Room uh, with spaces in between. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for joining us again. And uh, you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. It's a beautiful Sunday. We've kept you inside when you could be outside enjoying Fresno. So uh, we apologize for that. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show, dude. I appreciate it. Time to go enjoy the sights of Fresno. <laughs> All right. Big shout out to Skyler, a.k.a. King's Film Room, a.k.a. KFR, for joining us on this podcast. Um, Zach, I mean, even though you showed up about, you know, a quarter of the way into the interview, I mean, pretty solid still, man. You, you definitely contributed a lot, I, I felt like, in that conversation. You know, it's just, I just, you know, there's just things out there in the world I have to do. And it's, you, you know, the case of me having to save some children, mm-hmm. right? It just, I, I think sometimes the podcast can wait, but I'll still make it. Yeah. That's the thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's why. Yeah. I, 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 I honestly, man, I respect the hustle. I admire it. Um, you know, you're doing, you're doing God's work out there. And the fact that you still had some energy left over to, you know, after coming home from a late night, like you said, um, and then to still have the energy to come on the podcast after doing what you did this morning, saving all those lives and, and, and being a, a great, you know, public servant. Um, that's, that's, that's the kind of stuff that that's what we're all about here on the Unsponsored Podcast, you know? So I'm beginning to think that people should start actually sponsoring us so that the name can be a little ironic because, you know, we do a lot. We do a lot for the community, but especially you. So big shout out to you. Um, let's close it out. Who, who are you shouting out this week? Um, I will be shouting out my cousin Cameron, who graduated yesterday from the University of California, Santa Cruz. Mm. Um, he's a banana slug. Yep. He's about um, what? He just turned he just turned 16. So he's around the same age as me. We're both, you know young excelling mm-hmm. uh vietnamese americans in our family um i will say he's trying to copy me he he the the dick eating is crazy he, <laughs> i i will i will say that I, I graduated about three weeks ago and he just comes over here and he's trying to copy me and graduates yesterday i mean i was like that's eh, whatever you know yeah um you know if you could follow me on instagram i was i was up there at the stage and when they called his name i was actually booing because i was like nah that's not cool yeah yeah you know, why why is why is he why is he copying me it's it's just sad when like people want to take your shine you know like you you work hard and you do all these things to to get an education and and it's your moment you should be able to enjoy it and the people always just want to step on your toes man like the yeah the cloud chasing and the dick eating is is pretty crazy um yeah. and a little unfair um let's see my shout out for this week my shout out for this week who am i shouting out i'm trying to think here um I'll shout out our good friend Caleb. If if you've if you've uh, listened to this podcast uh, in its in its original like during its original run during its first iteration, uh, you'll know that a good friend of ours, Big Juice, aka Caleb, good friend of ours, been on the show many times. Like he was probably our most frequent guest. Um, he is a huge Boston Celtics fan. Uh, we didn't get to shout him out on the first episode of the reboot, so I'll do it now. Uh, he's been waiting, you know, 14 years 
for his Celtics to get back to the NBA Finals. They are back in the finals. This recording is happening the day before game five, uh, and it will be posted after game five of the NBA Finals. So things could get a little worse <laughs> for him uh, if the Warriors do win game five. But, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's the only person in our in our friend group that has seen his team get the NBA finals because the rest of us are mostly Kings fans and God knows when that's going to happen for us so big shout out to him this is obviously a very very special thing for for him being a you know being a lifelong Celtics fan so shout out to Caleb um good luck to your Celtics hopefully they win on Monday and hopefully by the time this post on Tuesday the Celtics will be up three to two and that and then they win that series but it's been a great series so far I think um so as a neutral observer it's been fun to watch but Definitely leaning towards rooting for the Celtics a little bit more than the Warriors. Well, I'm not rooting for the Warriors at all, I will say. Um, and it's not like I'm hardcore rooting for the Celtics either, but I lean Celtics simply because we want to see our good friend Big Juice have his day in the sun as an NBA champion. Um, yeah, but if that's not the case, um, people of the Pittsburgh area, um, specifically Connorsville, um, please stay indoors. Yeah. Um, yeah. There may be a 6'2 male. <laughs> 62 ginger. He's a 62 ginger. Uh, uh, yeah, Pennsylvania Dutch. Keep that in mind. He might be in the streets. He may be very, uh, you know, unhinged, volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be safe out there, you know? Yeah. Um, Stay vigilant. Um, this goes both ways, too. If they lose or win. Right. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I, either way, you're not safe. Stay indoors. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, that's all I have to say on Caleb. But, um, yeah. You know, love him the heck. Yep, love them the heck and uh, hoping that the, the Celtics pull this one off. All right, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. We, I made a joke to Zach uh, when we restarted the podcast that we were going to shatter uh, our previous listener numbers. And I said, it's crazy. We're going to get like 40 listens on our first episode back. Uh, we have blown that out of the water. You guys, have been, you guys have been so kind. You all have been so generous with your support um everybody on twitter you know shouting us out and like retweeting and reposting us on instagram and all that stuff man everybody you guys are so awesome um so yeah we're back we're like back back and um it's 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 been nice to see that uh people are tuning in so um big shout out to you guys as well for supporting us and we will see you on the next episode of the sponsor podcast have a great week everybody i don't like gay i don't like jay i don't like drake i don't like fake niggas i ain't vague